So we want to finish up this series, uh, God is with us, God is with us, as we prepare one week before the world celebrates uh, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Some don't even know that's what they're celebrating. Uh, some say it's just the Christmas season, it's the spirit of the season. Some uh, call it Xmas. Uh, they really don't know. That's an identity issue. That's okay. Jesus knows who he is, so it doesn't really bother me. Uh, he, he, doesn't need, uh, he doesn't need someone to tell him who he is. He knows who he is, and as do we. Amen. So don't get offended uh, when you see someone out there saying Xmas. They just don't know. They just, uh, they're, as my mom used to say, they just ignorant. Okay, it is ignorant. That's okay. That's not a put down. That just means a lack of knowledge. They just don't know. All right. They just don't know. I have the revelation. But for those of us who do, amen, it's up to us to let our light shine and to show the world who Jesus is. Amen. Matthew chapter one, beginning at verse 18. Now I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. I love the New King James Version, uh, as you know, but just this particular passage I wanted to read from the Living Translation. And uh, if you have a different translation, we'll get to the same place together. Uh, but the Bible says this in the New Living Translation. It says this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. He was going to put her away. He was going to break it off. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. You know, Jesus is defined here as Emmanuel, God with us. Now, Jesus is the preexistent divine logos. In other words, the word of God. The second hypostasis of the tripartite being that we know as God, the Godhead. He took on a human body. He was literally the word made flesh. As we read, conceived in the womb of Mary. In the Greek, her womb was called the Theotokos. That just means the God-bearer. And the doctrine of incarnation then entails that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. His two natures in a hypostasis union together in one flesh. And when you put all of this theology and all of these words together, all of these big words, what it boils down to is God is with us. God, the almighty God, the God of the universe is with us. The Bible says, behold, the virgin shall be with child. She shall bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, 
as mighty and as wonderful and as beautiful and as altogether lovely as our creator is. He decided to put on flesh and be with us. He's the ruler of everything, seen and unseen. He came to give us himself for us, and most would expect, we, all, we most of us would know the story, most would expect him to be born in a palace. I mean, this is, this is not just the king, this is not the president of the United States or the, or the dictator of uh, Korea or the emperor of Japan. This is the king of the universe. And you would expect that he would be born in a palace somewhere royal, but instead, a common place for common people. He was born in a cave with animals in order to give himself to us. Second Corinthians chapter eight from the Living Bible, verse nine says this. It says, you know how full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus was, though he was so very rich. Yet to help you, he became so very poor so that by being poor, he could make you rich. Now, I want you to think for a moment about the difference in what he was and what he became. I mean, it wasn't like a person was a man and he became a woman or he was black and he became white or he was uh, an animal and he evolved into a human, you know, all of those things that our, our carnal mind looks at when we look at shows on TV or we read books. But this was the creator of the universe, the one who out of his mouth, out of his very being came the universe. Because before there was anything, there was God. And he said, let there be light. And he gave himself to the universe. Words don't describe how incredibly rich he was. Rich is not even a word that can describe God. Not only did he have rich, it was something that you would describe someone who has everything. It's almost Christmas. What do you get the person who has everything? Well, God didn't just have everything. He is everything. Everything came from him. So now you can understand that when he was born in a cave in a manger with nothing but some swaddling clothes, the difference, the difference as you juxtapose those two together. Now you can understand this verse, though he was so very rich, yet to help you, he became so very poor so that by being poor, he could make you rich. What is the heart of God? God's heart was such that I have everything. I am everything. And guess what? Those that I created, I want them to join in on this. I want them to share what I have. That's the heart of God. So when we look at that, what, what did Jesus do? How did he give us an example? How did he, how, when he was on earth, how did he show us how to be like him? Well, he was an example. He, he healed blind eyes. He opened deaf ears. He did raise people from the dead. 
He touched the lepers and made them whole. He befriended sinners, taxpayers, or tax uh, givers, <laughs> and, and prostitutes. He loved all of the re religious rejects. And he said, now go and be like me. Go and be like me. In fact, in Matthew 28, we would all know that his last words were, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Amen. In other words, so be it. So be it. So what is he saying here? He's saying, you see how I've lived my life on earth. You see the example that I gave you. Now go and be like me. Go and be like me. So just very briefly this morning, I have three questions for you. As we think about Christmas and as we think about, uh, as we celebrate our Savior being born, we have to also think that God gave us a command. And so, number one, what is your mission? What is your mission? Jesus completed his. On the cross, he said, it is finished. It is done. It is done. Now you, what is your mission? Well, our mission is to spread the word of God, number one, the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God. And how do we do that? We do that through word, but we also do that through our actions. You see, you are to be an example just as Jesus was an example. These are things that we don't quite think about when we think about Christmas, when we think about exchanging gifts. And even us in church, as we celebrate, we sing Christmas carols and Christmas songs and we worship and we glorify God and we do all of those things. Yet after this event is over, this service, this Christmas day is over, there is still life that goes on. He didn't come just to be born and that was it. Nor were you born and that was it. He gave us an example. And so you're to be an example just like he was an example. And if the Father and Jesus were having a conversation, maybe before Jesus came to earth, maybe before he spoke his word, something that's incomprehensible. I know it's something that people argue about, oneness and trinity and all of those things. And, and I say it's foolishness to argue about it because you don't understand it no more than I do. That God was Jesus on earth. If he was the Father, was he speaking to himself? Or were they, how are they three and one? How are they equal? We don't understand it. So don't argue about it. Don't argue about it. He'll reveal it to us in time. But if Jesus and the father were having a conversation, he would have said, what is your mission? And he would have given him this mission. And then just like I'm going to ask you, he would have uh, asked Jesus, well, who are you going for? Who are you going for? It's a question that we have to ask of ourselves. We serve Jesus. We know who we serve. But how do we serve him? Who, who are we serving Christ for? Is it for us? Is it just for him? Or is it also for others? Who are you going for? Luke 5.32 put it this way. 
Jesus said, I'm not, I'm not going for the righteous, but for sinners. Not for the healthy, but for the sick. He said, I've not come for the healthy, but for the sick. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had our Christmas dinner. We fellowshiped together, and we had a good time. I feel like we ate a lot of food, and, uh, you know, we had a lot of conversation and some laughs. And uh, when we were together, we played a couple of games. And one of those games was a game that required everyone at their table to work together. Those of you who were here, if you remember. To work together so that one person at the table could get the prize. No one else at the table received the prize, but it required everybody to work together just so that one person would get the prize. They would get the reward. You see, this is the attitude that Jesus has called us to in life. To see others succeed, especially those that may not have the revelation that you have, those that may not be as fortunate as you, those that may not have what you have. Jesus has called us to be people of compassion and empathy. He's called us to the sinners and to the sick. Be why? Because we are the body of Christ. We are his body. Yes, we're celebrating his birth, but he's gone now from earth. The way he's here is in us. We are his body. So when Jesus said, I am not called to the righteous, but to the sinners. I have not come for the healthy, but for the sick. Now, that is a mantra that is in every one of us. Each of us could look in the mirror and say, I am not here for the righteous, but for the sinners. I am not here for the healthy, but for the sick. I want you to think about that the next time your family member gets on your nerves, or your boss, or someone you're ready to be done with. Someone that offends you or steals something from you. Guess what? That's who you're here for. We said we wanted to be like Christ. This is what he's saying. And then the biggest question is why? 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 Why are you going? Why am I sending you? Why are you going? Why is he sending us? Jesus came because we were all lost sheep in need of a shepherd. His message is clear. God's will is to bring all sinners home to him. That includes you. That includes me. He loves you. You matter to him. Guess what? Every person matters to him, even though those that don't matter to you. Come on, if you're being honest, if you're being honest, those that don't matter to you matter to him. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And to prove it, he laid down his life for his sheep. Would we do the same for each other? Would we do the same? So how does Christmas relate to us beyond the spirit of the season? Beyond the gifts and the food? Beyond the laughter and the family? Beyond all of that, how does it relate to us? Well, God has called us to be like Jesus when he walked the earth. But he isn't asking us to do it alone. He's not throwing you out there and saying, go, be like me. Call me if you need help. No, he's not saying that. Jesus wants us to know today that when he came, it wasn't for 
a simple visit. It wasn't a one-time event. The angel here in Matthew chapter 1 said that he would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Jesus said before he ascended in Matthew 28, he said, I, would be, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And so we don't ha ever have to worry about any command that he's given us because he is always with us, always empowering us. No matter what storm you go through, no matter what valley you walk through, no matter what mountaintop you're on top of, no matter how you're offended or how the enemy might come against your body with a sickness or a pain, no matter what goes on in this economy or with coronavirus or with anything else in the world, God wants us to know right here, right now, today, that I am with you. I am with you. 